welcome to A Virtual View. I'm here today with John M. Kiesler, a faculty affiliate at the Center for Rural Engagement and associate professor in the School of Social Work at Indiana University Bloomington, and David Wilkerson, who's the director of the IU School of Social Work Office of E-Social Work Education and Practice, who's also an associate professor at the Indiana University School of Social Work and an affiliate research scientist with the Regenstrief Institute. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Danielle. Yeah, so today we're here to talk a little bit about the Because You Matter program, but we'll get into that in a little bit. If you could both tell me a little bit about yourself before you get started, that would be great. John, if you could go ahead. Thanks, Danielle. Yeah, I've been with the School of Social Work since 2016 when we first started the graduate program in social work, the MSW program on the Bloomington campus and have been really invested in creating new opportunities for social work students and identifying ways of bridging gaps between communities and the school and providing new opportunities for social workers to really develop their skills early on through community engagement. Although I'm not rural, I currently live in a rural community in Southern Indiana, and this has really been instrumental in influencing my involvement with the Center for Rural Engagement and providing an opportunity to really expand my research in areas of interest to rural communities. My research focuses on adversity and trauma, trauma-informed care and quality of life. And although I've largely focused on the disability service sector, specifically people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, I have found that there's tremendous opportunity in rural communities to really expand my research and, and gain experience in rural communities from that perspective. No, very cool. So David, how about you? I have worked at Indiana University School of Social Work since 2010. In 2015, I began to work at the development of social work practice courses focused on telepractice. And currently we have three of those courses. We have a certificate in, and we call it, rather than telepractice, we're calling it e-social work practice. So we have a certificate in e-social work practice. And currently, we're developing a fourth course on digital equity and data justice. And so, so my work has really focused on how to integrate technology and social work training and practice. In terms of uh, rural social work, my practice ha has always been in urban areas. I've worked in inpatient hospitals, outpatient settings prior to coming to the School of Social Work. And a lot of my focus was on parent management training, group work. And so since I came to the school, I began to transfer my own expertise on, into online practice. My online practice has been in conducting digital hybrid cycle education for parent management. I've also done some, some of my research is focused on developing technology to support caregivers of persons with dementia. Most recently, I have edited and co-authored an international text titled Social Work in an Online World, A Guide to Digital Practice. The mention of the digital equity program that you guys are working on, that's something that I definitely want to hear more about. That's, that's right. very exciting and very interesting to me. So, so the Because You Matter program, could you explain a little bit about what that is? Sure. So the Because You Matter program is really an opportunity for us to bridge the gap, if you will, in access to resources in rural communities. We know that rural areas oftentimes have 
limited access to services to sufficiently address the mental health needs in those communities. And also there's a shortage of practitioners in these areas. And so Because You Matter is a partnership between the School of Social Work, the Center for Rural Engagement, and libraries in rural communities. And so through that partnership, we deliver e-social work practices or telepractice by leveraging the resources that graduate students in our social work program provide and bring to the table. And so they gain experience in delivering social work practice through the telehealth model to folks, patrons at libraries and rural communities, and it's all free of charge. When the COVID shutdowns, push services and activities online, it really left rural communities disconnected. Yeah, for sure. Right now in Indiana, our rural communities only have an average of 50% broadband access. So Because You Matter was an opportunity for us to address this gap that exists for rural community members being able to receive support, mental health services. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so important. We, we see broadband availability being this huge obstacle for folks to get connected with services, not just mm -hmm. health services, but all sorts of services that are important. I know this program is only operating right now out of a select few counties. So can you remind me which counties those are? So we are currently in Lawrence County, Martin County, Washington County, Orange County, Pike, and Sullivan counties. So why those particular counties? What was the thought process behind determining which ones you were going to operate in? Honestly, the counties that we have selected are either based on prior relationships. And so we know that doing work in rural communities can really take a, a bit of extra time and investment in developing that relationship. Putting a name with a face is really important. It's not necessarily what you know, but who you know. And so we've leveraged right. those relationships to, to bring this program to those counties. Yeah, and I'm sure working with existing stakeholders within those counties really helps you with uh, getting buy-in from the community. Correct. So can you tell me a little bit more about the services that the program provides? Because I know you mentioned social work in general, but in specific, what sort of services are you providing to these communities? So our services largely focus on a few areas. One is linkage and referral. So helping community members navigate the system, if you will, to identify and connect folks with the resources that are available to them in their community that they might not be aware of. Helping with stress management. We know that stress can be a huge issue and factor that impacts mental health. So we realize that it's important to, to provide some strategies and resources and coping skills around stress. We also are providing support with motivation for change, whether that is moving on to a new job or beginning to think about um, entering recovery and sobriety. The other area that we focus on is depression and anxiety, helping folks to manage the symptoms and acquire new skill sets to begin to change their thinking, to challenge those negative thoughts, and to engage in strategies that can really promote wellness and reduce those symptoms. Very important work. So why is it important, you think? I, I We touched on this a bit earlier, but these specific services, why is it so important to provide those within rural communities? One of the issues for community members in terms of receiving mental health services is stigma. 
And so, Mm -hmm. you know, stigma is defined as a negative attitude or a belief that society holds about certain behaviors, characteristics, identities. And so it can lead to discrimination, social exclusion, can create barriers then for accessing mental health services. Also in rural communities, like we've had mentioned, there's limited access to mental health care resources, but as a function of stigma, many times a rural community member may not want to go to that mental health center to get services. So part of the idea for partnering with libraries is because they're a public resource, because they're not associated really as a mental health facility, and because the services are delivered in a private space within the library, we believe this is one way to help folks overcome that experience of stigma that can exclude them. Would you say that stigma is exacerbated in in rural communities more than it is in non-rural communities? I mean, stigma is an issue with mental health services across the board, but certainly in rural communities, I think people can have a greater fear of being labeled as crazy or being labeled as weak Mm -hmm. because of the often closer uh, community ties. And John, did you have something to add to that? I was just going to say that the libraries really provide a hub of resources, if you will. We know that in urban settings, the role of libraries has shifted a bit. And this is true, too, in rural communities. They're not just places to go get books anymore. They're places to get support with taxes and with developing your resumes and applying for jobs. They provide access to high-speed internet. They provide access to, you know, modern technology and all the resources that are available, as well as that support if needed to utilize technology. As David had noted, stigma can be a real issue, lack of providers, but also these communities are very small. People know people. Mm -hmm. And so privacy is really an important issue. So the libraries do designate a space that they can help the patron to to navigate to. And it is private, it is confidential, to really support them in, in assuring their sense of emotional or psychological safety. Same thing, too, that with the libraries, we're able to do things differently than you might do in a community mental health situation where folks sign up, they don't even have to give their real name. They can use an alias, they can use initials, and they don't even have to say why they're signing up. So it could be anything from really just where can I get a meal to everything with dealing with depression and anxiety. Again, we tried to set this up in such a way that it really speaks to folks in rural communities to meet them where they're at. Yeah, because I'm sure there's more stress there and more stigma if you're worried you're going to meet somebody else who was in the parking lot for that that office in the grocery store or at church because these are these small communities and you're dealing with a much smaller population than you would be in like an urban center so the other thing too that's worth noting here is that right from the very beginning of developing this program our library partners have been involved so they've been involved in in creating the name for the program, creating the flyers, creating the systems and supports that we provide. So it really has been a collaboration with these community entities to to provide the supports. Yeah, and I I always think that's so important to get those sort of, (laughs) we we call them like telehealth champions or, or stakeholders within institutions, communities, organizations, because you can't go forward with new programs like this if you don't have somebody in the community who's really going up to bat for it. So it's 
very heartening to hear that those libraries are willing to be sort of that champion for this mental health, these services that need to be connected in this community. So beyond just stigma, other things that are preventing folks in rural communities from accessing sort of care and services is broadband. So broadband access is a huge issue when we talk about providing any sort of service via communications technology. We're addressing that to a certain extent by partnering with those libraries, but within the state, within rural communities, how is that something you'd want to see addressed in the long and short term? Well, in the short term, I mean, there are short-term interventions through the uh, rural electric membership cooperatives. And so they've established broadband using electric infrastructure, and they've also set up community hotspots for free for residents. However, from you know, a longer-term policy perspective, it would be helpful to have programming that community members can use that isn't dependent on just broadband, where smartphones, not just computers, can be used to access services. Of course, right now we have the bipartisan infrastructure law that includes the Digital Equity Act and the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment Program should help with increasing the infrastructure and digital skills that are needed to increase rural access in the long term. We'll want to be watching this as it emerges and see if it really addresses the promise that it appears to hold for us. I know this is a huge question, and I think it's something that we're going to continue seeing development on for years and years and years as we try to get these rural Mm -hmm. communities connected with broadband. So in addition to broadband, I'd imagine that you'd run into some issues with the program related to digital literacy, because some of these folks are not necessarily the most comfortable with technology. So could you talk a little bit about that? Technology can be a barrier for folks so that in order to address this, I think by partnering with the librarians, they provide support to the person, the library patron that might be accessing the Because You Matter program. And so they set the computer up, they click in, we use Zoom Help, which is a secure platform for the telepractice. And so the librarian sets all of this up for the patron and is available for problem solving or troubleshooting with technology. So in the immediacy of things, the librarians are there to provide support. Similarly, the student practitioners, our graduate students that are delivering the services, can also provide some additional support in a session, say through texting and chat, or just providing verbal support and helping to navigate the system and or connecting folks with other websites as well. So that's something that we're doing in the immediacy of things. So folks that haven't had broadband and haven't used computers or haven't had the opportunity to use broadband computer systems certainly can benefit from training for our particular program because of the fact that the computers are set up in a private space in the libraries and the librarian directs them to the computer. And then our practitioners help the participant learn how to navigate. And what we're using is a a video teleconferencing program that's pretty straightforward. Everybody's heard of Zoom. That's the one that we're using. Yeah, because we talk about the digital divide and all that. You can have these great programs and these great tools, but if you have folks who aren't comfortable using technology or don't feel safe using it, then they're just not going to have access to this regardless of how good the program is. So something that interests me about this, because you're using graduate students, is this something you feel like gives them a good look 
at rural communities and sort of the challenges that are faced here? Because I imagine that some of them who did not grow up rural haven't encountered this before. So this is an important part of this project. And I think, you know, it's really important to acknowledge that it's because of funding from the Lieutenant Governor and, and OCRA that we've been able to do this program. Mm -hmm. And so with this funding, we've been able to put together a really nice team. So we have three graduate students on the project. We have two doctoral students, as well as a lecturer who provides the clinical supervision. And we have two associate professors as well. It, again, in consultation with folks from the CRE. So there's really a nice team here that goes across levels within the School of Social Work and is even interprofessional in our partnership with the libraries and the CRE. Uh, with that being said, the current students on this project do not necessarily have experience in rural practice. And we know mm -hmm. that as a social work profession, cultural humility is really important. It's about reaching people where they're at. And so in order to, again, bridge that gap, we've provided them with some training around rural culture. One of our doctoral students has expertise in rural practice. And so we've actually been able to marry people's skill sets with the needs of students. We've also provided students with ongoing training that complements what they're doing in their practicum with this Because You Matter program, but also to expand what they're learning in the classroom. There again, we're able to bring in other experts from the university, from IU Health, from neighboring and partnering universities, as well as community practitioners to augment the skill set of these students. So they're really getting an immersive experience not only in social work practice, but also with rural patrons. They've all received training in how to conduct telepractice settings, how to, uh, in terms of your background, would be another piece that they pay attention to. And we have a training program that they all completed before they began working with the patrons. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important that you talk about rural culture, because that's not something that folks in the suburbs really think about, that there is a different culture in rural areas. And that's something that you do need to consider when you're going in there to provide care. If you're going into this community you know nothing about and have no experience with, that's going to be a significant issue, not just to you, but to the people you're serving. I think that's one thing that I've been particularly sensitized to. So I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. So not only is that not rural, but it's also not Midwest. And so I lived... <laughs> in Southern Indiana now for the seven years that I've been here. And um, so I've been really sensitized not only to the Midwest way of doing things and communicating, but also that rural culture. It is significantly different from urban settings. And I think in order to reach people, again, you have to reach them where they're at and you have to recognize the values and contributions of rural culture to folks' lives and, and also mm -hmm. You know, there's this divide again, if you will, between Bloomington and other surrounding rural communities. But through this program, we're actually able to, again, create those bridges to connect resources to the communities that may be in need, but also, again, helping students to understand the importance of culture and perhaps even influencing them and their desires to actually work post-graduation in these communities. Yeah, and I'm sure that helps with things like provider shortages as well, if you've got folks who are comfortable working in these rural settings? Because I know rural locations in particular are the ones that are being hit 
the hardest by the ongoing provider shortages that are just everywhere, particularly in mental health care, though. Regardless, I would like to hear a little bit on you guys from the future of the Because You Matter program. What does it look like? So as we're currently working in the program, we're also thinking about the future and planning for the future. One of the things that we consistently do is meet with the students and meet with the libraries to see how things are going. Where can we improve? How can we do things differently? How can we better reach community members where they're at? But in addition to that, we're also looking at potential partnership with faith communities. We know that mm -hmm. faith communities are integral across the state of Indiana, but particularly in rural communities. So one of our doctoral students on the project conducted 15 interviews with various rural faith leaders to better understand where they're at around mental health, to understand the viability of partnering with a similar program like Because You Matter with faith communities and what they would need to engage in that collaboration. From those interviews, they were transcribed, we analyzed them and developed a survey that is currently underway. We've rolled it out across the state to begin to understand the landscape of our faith communities in rural Indiana. Again, we're, we're leveraging the insight and knowledge of faith leaders because they are in a position of helping to create that change. It's with their knowledge, their expertise, their understanding of their community members, their congregations, to see where things are at and how can we move forward. Again, faith communities play a significant role in rural communities and across the state. So developing a relationship with them might be really pivotal to addressing the gap in services. That's really exciting, and I'm excited to see where that goes in the future. We're also looking at expanding some of the interventions that we've, we've provided. We, one of the things that we understand from faith-based leaders is that often helping parent management training is an area that they would like to see developed. So we will have an asynchronous parent management training program available. So asynchronous in the sense that the participant can receive individual web-based training and then work in asynchronous groups for support. And some of the research with that particular intervention shows that it's been highly effective for empowering parents, increasing parent self-efficacy. And then another area that we are looking at expanding for, we have met with a colleague at Kelly School of Business and so this area of financial literacy, I think, is really important. And they have a program and they have d discussed working with us to develop another probably asynchronous program around financial literacy. Asynchronous things can be very helpful for just getting more folks connected with resources because it takes away the barrier of having to be at the same place at the same time. So. But yeah, those sound like a lot of really exciting initiatives, and I'll be excited to see how those develop in the next few years. One thing to touch on before we go today, if people are intrigued by this sort of programming and maybe want to start up similar programs in their own communities, how, how would they begin doing so? I think first and foremost, we're happy to speak with folks to share with them information about the project, our experiences with that, and the potential for partnership there. I think the other thing, too, is that we have a website uh, dedicated to this project. 
product. It develops information in a very accessible way. There's some videography that we created to really hit home the key components of the project, understanding telepractice, understanding what a session looks like, knowing how to sign up. And so we've been really intentional, again, in creating content that is accessible. And even our videographer is from a rural community and has some experience around mental health. So we're really strategic in, in that partnership there to really capture the essence of the messaging that we want to deliver. A person could also look at the website and they could see uh, just a short video that would show them exactly what happens when they go into the library, what a telepractice room would look like and ease some of the questions they might have about are they capable of participating and what exactly happens in a telepractice meeting? I think one of the key points is that partnerships can be critical to filling voids. And so mm -hmm. I, I think that right from the beginning, there was this collaboration, meeting of the minds, if you will. How can we make this happen? So not only were we talkers, but we're also doers. Um, and, mm -hmm. and I think that, you know, David and I partnered because I, I did not have the expertise with telehealth. And so here you see my experience living in a rural community and really understanding what's going on here to bridging that with David's expertise in telehealth or e-social work, to bringing in doctoral students who have experience in rural practice, who are developing their research skills to engage in this holistically, as well as a lecturer to provide clinical supervision to these students. Oftentimes we work in silos. What this project is teaching us to do is to break down those silos, to leverage our collective resources, to create a nice deliverable project again, to meet folks where they're at. And I think through this, we've been able to do so much more than just one person in any given community. Yeah. And I think my, my favorite thing we went over today, and you've reiterated this a couple of times, is meeting people where they are. Because I feel like a lot of times people do fail to understand that not everybody is going to have the same comfort level with technology that they do or the same like needs. So I think meeting people where they are, particularly when we're talking about rural programs, is so important. And I think keeping that in mind going forward is going to be vital for expanding this program and ones like it. And even if we think further about student development, the unique thing about this project is that they are developing their skills at multiple levels. At the micro level, they're delivering services directly to, to patrons. At the meso level, they're dealing with school policies, procedures, as well as libraries and library staff. At the macro level, it's about removing barriers. So we've engaged the students in, in developing training programs that they have delivered and can continue to deliver around mental health, around stigma, around telepractice, and going in those communities, helping people to become more informed about what social workers do and how to access the supports and services necessary, but also addressing those more challenging topics such as stigma. And I've, mm -hmm. I've told the students, you know, one of the barriers to this project is folks not knowing about it. And so you're going to engage in macro level practice by getting out there, by helping with marketing and signage and, and reaching out to other community partners to share the information. So students through this project have been able to develop their skills in a more well-rounded fashion rather than just focusing at one level or another. Yeah, I think that's really important. 
we'd be happy to talk with anyone that's interested in doing some similar type of work development. So thank you both for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And we'll include links and resources to the Because You Matter program in the episode description. So folks can contact you if they have any questions or follow-up. Thank you. Thank you so much. listening to a virtual view. You can find more information about today's episode in the show notes below. If you would like to support our podcast, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Do you have any questions or topics you'd like us to discuss? If so, contact us at info at umtrc.org or through the form found in the show notes. Also, we'd like to give a special thanks to our editor, Tristan Yoder. Finally, a special thanks to the Health Resources and Service Administration, also known as HRSA. Our podcast series, A Virtual View, is sponsored in part by HRSA's Telehealth Resource Center program, which is under HRSA's Office of the Administrator and the Office for the Advancement of Telehealth. The content and conclusions of this podcast are those of the UMTRC and should not be construed as the official policy of or the position of, nor should any endorsements be inferred by HRSA, HHS, or the U.S. government. Thanks for listening and have a great day.